1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic eased past old rivals Cluj to move top of their Europa League group Defensive lapses mean Rangers head back from Switzerland empty-handed And on the eve of another big Premiership match day, plenty to play for across the weekend I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Chris Commons and Hugh Keevans Rangers are now involved in what the more excitable members of my profession habitually refer to as a group of death This means that Steven Gerrard's team have as good a chance of Qualifying from Group G As everybody else On the other hand Celtic were superb While proving that Clues need not necessarily be A four letter word Now the pair of them Have to put Europe Onto the back burner And return to the Premiership Pressure cooker And the heat In that particular kitchen Is getting more intense Chris Commons Look what you've signed up for Friday nights In the company of Hugh Keevans And uh, following on from that What about the Overall picture last night Obviously contrasting fortunes For the two teams Yeah I think the Obviously the first game The Rangers game I thought the first 45 minutes They were in control I thought they dominated The possession I thought they looked A real good unit uh, never looked like they were in sort of trouble. There was one occasion when the uh, I think it was the left midfield or the centre forward got in and should have scored. But apart from that, I think going in at half time, um, you know, leading the match, they fully deserved it. And you know, albeit with just a couple of minor errors from uh, the defence, they should have uh, at least come away with a point. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need to get in touch tonight on Twitter. We are at Clyde SSB. Uh, Chris, you'll have played in, in many um, of those European nights. I'm, I'm thinking back over the certainly the last few years, for Celtic it was probably as comfortable a group stage match as as we've seen in recent times. Without a shadow of a doubt, and let's not forget that this team put four past Celtic at Celtic Park not so long ago, so to be that dominant in defence was a superb plus for Neil Lennon. I think the way that they controlled the game through the centre part of the uh, the game was... Tremendous um, There were some big performances on the night I thought Ryan Christie um, James Forrest Scott Edward, Brown I thought Scott Brown was superb I'm yeah. thinking more the, the tempo You know the start of the game was superb The pace that they played at The energy uh, I think when you do that on European nights sp- Specifically at Celtic Park It lifts the atmosphere It lifts the crowd And when you're playing European nights Under the lights And you've got you know a little bit of rainfall A good zip on the park It's it's a great, great occasion to be And, you know, the players lived up to that expectation Of putting on a real good show in European night. I keep coming back to it, Chris And you were in the same Celtic side as Scott Brown The club has the mother and father of all jobs to replace him When the time comes I do believe he'll go on for a long while yet Because no more international football And when we stop league football this weekend He can go into hibernation for a fortnight But... How are you going to replace Scott Brown? Last night he was immense Okay Celtic fans What pleased you most about that victory last night? Maybe it was a a player Maybe the overall team performance A lot of talk about this revenge mission against Cluj Is that the way you saw it? How does this set you up for the Europa League group? Can you qualify? 01419511025 And Rangers fans Where did it go wrong? As Chris Common says Certainly in control for long periods It looked like it would be three points for a long time Then maybe to settle for one 
Then sucker punched at the end So where did it go wrong for you? 01419511025 Let's hear from you And we're on Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, To get you going Let's hear from both managers Neil Lennon believes There is more to come From his Celtic players After the game last night Goals from Odson Edwards And Mohamed El Yunusi uh, In front of a sellout crowd And Lennon says It was exciting to watch We wanted a, a strong performance From the team tonight And I got more than that I thought we were outstanding <laughs> My only... Disappointment is we didn't win the game by more. You know, functioning as a team, there was real, real solidity about us and a fluidity going forward. And we looked really strong, and I thought we thoroughly deserved the win. Um, and there were some outstanding individual performances, but from 1 to 11, I thought we were absolutely excellent against a very good side. I'm getting great performances from the team. I think there's more to come. You know, like I said that to the players afterwards, I think we've got the makings of a good side. It's embryonic in the season, we know that, we're not getting carried away, but uh, I'm absolutely thrilled. I'm delighted for the supporters as well to see you know, European football back here and a good performance from the team, which was exciting and we created a lot of chances. It's embryonic in oh, the season, yes. you would have been proud of that one, yes, uh, Hugh Keevans. But on a serious note then, does this show uh, what difference you know, two months can make? Absolutely. Uh, seven weeks ago, Neil Lennon felt he could not trust Christopher Julian or Bolly Bolingoli to play against Cluj in the Champions League qualifier. Last night, they came to the fore for him. Bolingoli's cross, albeit that the pass from McGregor is a work of art, but the cross for uh, Edouard to score, terrific work from Bolingoli. Julian, bit more luck, he could have had a goal or two, uh, and defended well. So... That's what seven weeks can do for you I mean Chris Neil Lennon Did single out some players But he, he talked about that team effort And I suppose it has to be that To be as in control as they were last night You're going to need your players at the sharp end To produce You're going to need your Scott Browns to control things And on those rare moments when Cluj did trouble you, You're going to need the guys at the back to, to stand up So there probably was a bit of collective last night Certainly I think when you put into contrast The the de- defensive display of Celtic And the defensive display of Rangers About individual people Defending at the top level, you know, James Tavernier has been obviously criticised for individual mistakes, which I've seen the goals on from a few different angles. You know, is a blatant mistake. I'm not 100 percent sure. Could he have done better? Possibly, but I think when you look at Celtic's defence, Hugh just mentioned Christopher Julian. I think he's been outstanding these last couple of games. But for me, the one that stands out the most is El Hamid. I think he's a terrific player, a real player. I think he gives me. Uh, the sort of sense of player that he could go on to is someone very, very similar to a Mikel Lustig. You know, a guy that's going to be there for 10 years. He can play centre-off. He can play right-back. He gets forward. He's quick. He's good. Fundamentally, he's a defender. He can defend. And uh, he, he's really, really grown into that position at right-back. And, you know, a guy that Neil Lennon will be rubbing his hands on in terms of he can trust him in big games. And on a, a personal perspective for Neil Lennon, Hugh, he sounds like he, he enjoys those nights. He looked like he enjoyed those nights. Yeah. And there's always a bit of criticism when you get put out of the Champions League, and rightly so, because, you know, you want you want to win every game. The Europa League doesn't get everyone going, but uh-huh. yet you've got a sellout crowd last night. I think the... Lazio game is already sold out The depth of disappointment from Rangers' defeat Shows you how much they care as well So yeah. th- this, to us, this is not a backburner competition The way it is in England no. These nights are huge nights Well, you know, it's not so very long ago And Chris will remember this When the top tier of the stands at Celtic Park Was closed on Europa League nights uh, The crowd to see a Romanian team Albeit revenge was in the air But 
Cluj are not exactly box office But Celtic got uh, almost a full house last night So the fans are right behind them Lazio, as you say, sold out The fans really believe that Celtic can go beyond the group stage uh, So in terms of Europe, for Neil Lennon First class Okay, two ways for you to get in touch tonight then The first one is on the phones We'd love to hear from you 0141-951-1025 And if you would rather tweets Then you can find us At Clyde SSB uh, We're going to be hearing from Stephen Gerrard very soon More to come from uh, both managers As the show progresses But in the meantime Let's go straight to the phones uh, I think we can speak to John Paul Who's a Celtic fan from Falthouse What did you make of that last night, John Paul? Evening, family Evening, Chris here How's it going? Um, I found that As I said I was at the game And it was absolutely amazing The tempo at the start As Chris was speaking about uh, Celtic started right the off High press The ball was zipping about It was one touch pass And Cluj I didn't think Cluj really Could deal with it You know And it looked like Lennon um, had learned his lesson For last time But I want to talk about I was on last week Praising Neil Lennon The way he's handled everything You know And I think on Sunday He made the mistake I was on talking about In Chan last week And I was pushing to get his on the team um, and he put him in last week, but when you do that, he moved Ryan Christie out to left mid, you know, and he wasn't as effective. And um, it proved last night Ryan Christie in the hole has got to be in the hole, coming, taking off defenders on the turn. Because as anybody, the, the last person I commended doing that at Celtic Park, Stuart Armstrong used to take the ball on the turn. Commons, Chris Commons, he's in the panel tonight. He done it. Um, they could take the, the ball on the turn and, and split up a defence and make something happen, you know. And I think you need to have Ryan Christie in there. Um, and my other point about Brown, uh, who, who, when do we think about replacing Brown? You know, Lennon's only on a year contract. I'm led to believe, you know, he's, he's sort of Celtic fans, myself and Cody, talk about this 10 and how much they want it. You know, and it's not, only Neil Lennon's going to say the job if he gets nine. That's that's clear, which I think he will. But does he, does he start thinking about replacing him now? Who, who out there potentially could replace him well, I'll, I'll take the Brown one and let Chris talk about Sham uh, Brown, I think Celtic would have to go top drawer uh, To replace Scott Brown uh, He is getting better with age uh, He does have the, the breaks afforded by the international football now uh, He will keep going He is inspirational He is truly a captain and leader uh, but Celtic would have to go top drawer to replace him Because he's a top drawer player And they should be thinking about it now In answer to your question John Paul They should be thinking about it now Because um, You know He won't last forever He's 34 years old Hugh I just want to stop you there I don't think they've started th- I think they started this years ago I think the reason they bought in In Chamin And Abue Were players to come in We looked at John McGinn These were players to replace Scott Brown I don't think for one minute that they're going to wait till Scott Brown is done and finished. They're looking right now, and I've been doing for the last 12, 18 but months. It, no question but about Ibui that. But Kuasi will not replace Scott Brown. No, but he was bought in at, what, 3.5 million to play that role. He's not coming in as a goal scorer. Uh-huh. Kuasi had been brought in to be potentially mm. Scott Brown's successor, and I think Encham is that guy that could fill them shoes. But on a consistent basis, Encham hasn't showed that. What about the midfield balance overall last night, as um, John Paul mentions? Because that was all the talk at the weekend, wasn't it? Encham is a good player. How do you get him into the team? Um, but a lot of people talking about the the, the the impact that has on Christie and then the overall look of things. Um, 
it's the dynamic of the game. And as John you know, said on the phone there, the, the tempo, the aggression that they started off, I think Ryan Christie gives you the the energy, the dynamic running, the the enthusiasm, not just with the ball, but without the ball, his energy to close the ball down. I remember watching on about the 86th, 87th minute, it was still hungry to close you know, defenders down. His fitness levels, and I've got no idea the distance that the guy covered, but it was phenomenal. He gives you that and them sorts of nights. Is he going to give you that on, you know, I watch him at Hamilton, very unsure. Is he going to give it you a Livingston? Who knows? It's very, very difficult. I think when you've got a game where nine, ten people are behind the ball looking to stop you and then little pockets, Encham is a technician, a great, great, you know, passer of the ball. I think he receives it perfectly. He's got an eye for goal. But I just don't know if Encham, within himself, his personality, if he wants to play a bit part, because ultimately you want to be playing at Celtic Park on a European night. I think that's what Encham will be striving for. John Paul, just final word on Scott Brown. He was the one who got criticised following the, or one of the ones who got criticised from the, the Cluj game. A real error on his part giving away the penalty. Do you feel like he was, well, we'll never really know how personally motivated he was, but he certainly answered those critics against the same opposition last night, didn't he? Yeah, I think I think um, it would have been in the back of his mind, you know, he came out through the week and said how he wouldn't make the same mistake again, you know. And for for me, Brown's proven himself every time every time Celtic fans, ex players, um, pundits have written him off, he's come back ten times stronger, rolls up the sleeves and says, I'll kinda of show you who's finished, I'm not finished, you know, and he's done that and, and Celtic are a massive loss without Brown and I think influentially even off the ball. I watch him I watch him at times and he's pulling, he, he's He's pulling defenders in, he's telling them to tuck in when the other defenders are going forward. You know, last night he was telling El Hamid to go tight when he wasn't tight. And I think just overall, Celtic without ground would would struggle a lot more than they do um, in, in certain games. OK, John Paul and Falthouse, thank you very much for the call. That kicked us off nicely tonight. Let's go straight back into Stephen. He's in Lark Hall. From a Rangers perspective, Stephen, what did you make of that last night? I thought Rangers played really well evening panel and I can't believe Chris Commons is sitting here trying to defend uh, Tavernier Honestly it was two schoolboy errors The guy made And uh, uh, Don't blame me Kandace is not in front of, me, in front of him now Kandace covered up a lot From last year And I can't understand how Stephen Gerrard See if that was uh, In a Rangers player That made mistakes They'd be dropped I think come Saturday Tavernier's got to be dropped And put Joe Flanagan To right back And see where they go for here Because see if we don't We're going to lose A lot of goals To Tavernier this season To the right back position The obvious question Stephen Because you're right Of course he made mistakes Is John Does John Flanagan Suddenly become better Than James Tavernier Just because of what Happened last night Well personally See, see personally Over the past two years James Tavernier Has never been a defender For me James Tavernier's good Good going forward Against your lesser teams Seen big games When James Tavernier Has got to defend First and foremost, if you're a defender, you need to defend, and he cannot defend. If you're going to throw them out, if you're going to throw them out on the back of one game, I never said throw them out. I said take him out the team. Yeah, well, that's throwing them out for me. Take him out the team. Okay, then, if you're going to take people out of the team every time they have an off day or off night, then does Connor Goldson go? For giving the ball away to Mikey Johnson in the game against Celtic, and from that Celtic yeah, at their goal, it's, it's consistently he's doing it. It's, it's consistently in big games he's done it. You, it's no, it's not just a one-off him. I do appreciate that. Uh, for me, I think it's been characteristic of 
Tavernier that since he arrived at Rangers he's better going forward than he is going back you can see that about a lot of modern fullbacks can't you yeah but you know what I, I look at European football this midweek the Champions League finalists from last season Liverpool and Tottenham conceded 10 goals at home between them 10 uh, Chris Stephen says they were schoolboy errors you th- you don't think they were quite as bad as maybe some people are making out so d- I think the second analyse one in, them for the, us the second one in particular for me I think obviously it's in between Goldson and Tavernier himself I think Tavernier is probably a little bit wider than what he should be um, you know the, the big centre off comes through and heads the ball through but it's almost like a last ditch you know he's trying to get there you know when, when you think of you know, that's costing Stephen. Stephen, I'll let you come back in. You imagine him. You know, he's going to play it back to the. You know, a ball's been cut out between him and the goalkeeper. But I, I looked at it and I just thought it could have been Goldson over. It could have been Tavernier tucked more in. You know, it, I just didn't th- think you could pinpoint on Tavernier and said you have made an absolute blatant error there and cost us the game. And then for the first one, Stephen, is there a case to say that maybe? Philippe Hollander could have swung his right foot at it Rather than trying to stick his left leg out Surely there are other things that come into play Rather than just James Tavernier The goal, the goal has came for Tavernier in possession See if there are Rangers players If he's going to knock a ball back to him or something on the, There was nobody there Why did he not just knock the ball out for, do, do the simple thing Knock it out for a throw in and regroup It was weak in the challenge I must admit for the first one Weak in the challenge But you see at top level European football, they very, very rarely did these defenders pass the ball out. And I've got first-hand notice of that. When we play against Barcelona, at no point are defenders looking to even give you an you know, uh, give you an opportunity to have the ball back. They, you know, back to the goalkeeper, back to the centre-half, they play balls inside their own box. That is their be-all and end-all. Now, I don't know if that's creeping into the likes of Rangers or Celtic, but this is the modern day now. They, they do not want to give possession or cheap possession away in dangerous areas. And, you know, Tavernier may have overplayed a little bit, but I think it's very harsh to say that he was completely at fault for that. You know, I think you could look at probably the goalkeeper also, you know, beating on his near post for the second goal. Could he have got a hand to it? Was he in the right position? You know, there was a lot of minor things that led to the goal. But I think it's very, very harsh that you could pinpoint that James Tavernier was the be-all and end-all of why Rangers came away with nothing. Stay on the line, Stephen. Here's what Stephen Gerrard had to say about it. We have to take it on the chin. I think we've got our, ourselves to blame. I think we've gifted young boys a victory tonight. I thought what we put into the game and from a tactical point of view, the players have gone out and done ever so well. Took the lead. First time we really showed some belief and backed ourselves in the final third. We went and executed. We had another chance just after it. And we, we said to the boys at half-time, you know, expect a reaction, expect them to come. And we've conceded at a, at a poor time, but we haven't been outplayed. We haven't faced a piece of brilliance. It's, it's, it's from us. So we, we've gifted them back into the game for them to equalise 1-1 and then big moments in the game have gone against us. I think if we had VAR tonight, they'd have had a second yellow for Sorensen because Alfredo got the yellow card for exactly the same incident so that never went for us and we've not got a blatant penalty as well with Alfredo. It was big moments at big times in the second half that haven't gone our way and then for their second goal again we haven't been outplayed, we haven't faced a, a moment of brilliance. We've gifted them the second goal, so we've showed naivety in terms of game management and individual errors have cost us. Stephen, final word to you. The final, final word is, through this, I'll come back on it. See with Ken Dace not in front of Tavernier, we're going to be found wanting this season. Because Ken Dace covered a lot for him. Has he made it more no since, since Daniel Kandias left then? What, what other big mistakes has Tavernier made this season? 
But I, I, I'm, I'm just going back. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I can't pluck out. I'm just thinking again last night. I, can, can, I just, I just for me, Tavernier is just not a defender. I just think that with, with, he made he made mistakes. Chris is unwilling to say it's his fault, and the Rangers players are unwilling to say it's his fault. However, I can't help but feel that the the modus operandi here is oh one game put him out the team. That's what Stephen has said Put him out the team So that's over the top As far as you're concerned Yeah for me it is Yeah, Stephen thank you very much For the call 0141 Perfect time to get your thoughts in We're going to hear again From Stephen Gerrard And Neil Lennon next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Chris Commons is here Hugh Keevans is alongside him And they're waiting for you to get in touch And let them know what you made of the games last night Two huge Europa League fixtures of course We're straight back to Premiership action this weekend as well um, But a lot more to be done With regards to the post-mortem from last night uh, D's Nuts is on Twitter uh, He says the problem Tavernier has He's trying to be a winger and a defender at the same time He has no other uh, right winger to bounce off He previously had Condéas Now seems to have Arfield in front That's not his position We need a right mid or a right winger to help him It's obvious Says D's Nuts um, And Scotty's on He says absolutely buzzing From the sheer class of football played by Celtic And that impressed uh, they've sur- surprised me in all the right ways There's no doubt it was a message from the manager And players stating they mean business In the Europa League That's just some of your thoughts coming through on Twitter At Clyde SSB We'll get back to the phones in just a second David is waiting patiently Let's hear again from the managers though uh, Neil Lennon has been speaking at length after the game As as you can uh, imagine He was clearly delighted with what he witnessed at Celtic Park last night. It's early in the group. The group's open still, I think. It's tight, you know. Clusia, three points. Lazio, you, I don't think you can write Ren off as well. So it's still very open. But, you know, from the performances I've had in the two games, I think, um, you know, it's given us a lot of food for thought in a, in a positive way. I think anyone can win it still. I mean, we're only two games in. So it's still, for me, wide open. And, um, you know, we've got to go to Lazio now, and that's going to be very difficult. So. Yeah, we've given ourselves a you know, a foothold in the group, nothing more. We're playing we're playing well at the minute. It can all change over the course of a few months, you know, injuries or suspensions or whatever. But um we're playing well at the minute, so we'll we'll enjoy tonight and then move on to Sunday. Don't look too far ahead is ultimately the message from Neil Lennon. That yeah. doesn't apply to me. I'm gonna look far ahead because having looked at Wren away and having now looked at Cluj at home so far, and I stress that, so yeah. far it doesn't seem like there's a Great deal for Celtic to fear And that might come back If Down down the line it might change I accept all that But I'm basing On those two games Hugh Keevans You can understand why Celtic Would be confident If they replicate Last night's form Individually And collectively They were superb But As Chris knows Only too well You never know the moment And I repeat The Champions League finalists Spurs and Liverpool Conceded 10 goals At home in Europe this week So that tells you That anything is possible However There was an awful lot For the Celtic supporters To purr over About last night's performance And that's why Less than 24 hours later Lazio at Celtic Park Sold out and They created a lot of chances Chris It really could have been More than two the, 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 I think you mentioned it Earlier on The, the build up to the first goal The pass from Callum McGregor You would have been Proud of that one yourself I'm sure And uh, the, the, the general build up Around those areas was good you know what, it was more the Bolongoli run. You know, for him to spot the space in behind the defence to make the run in the first place. 
And I think when you come to a real top club where they've got top players that can not only see the passes, but then can do the pass himself. You know, Callum McGregor's ball was inch perfect. It was superb. Bolingoli's got some, you know, good engine, good legs, gets in behind. But it's all good and well being in that position. You then need to then extract a little bit of quality from your uh, left foot to put the ball in the right area. He did exactly that. And the form that Edward's in at the minute is uh, is superb. You know, I think his whole his whole performance last night typified what he can be and uh, the prospect that he is in terms of his hold-up play, his touch, his awareness, how he links up play, gets in the right areas and is a real, real goal for it. And I think um, he led by example. I think one of the oldest sayings in football, you're only as good as your centre-forward. And, you know, I think that typified that from uh, Edward in that display last night. David Denerskin, what did you make of it? Uh, it was pleased with the performance. It was good, but the uh, reason I was calling is I took, took the wee man to Celtic Park for the home leg of the playoff, well, the uh, third round of the Champions League against Cluj. And the difference in atmosphere at Celtic Park just now in the past seven weeks is unbelievable. It's it, I, I don't think Neil Lennon's getting enough credit for it, to be honest with you. I think that seven weeks ago when everybody found out going up to the game, McGregor was playing at left-back. Automatically, the crowd were worried straight away, and you could feel it that night. I don't know if you agree with that, but I felt that. Yeah. And even the game after that, we still firm one in the League Cup. And before a ball was kicked, it was, there was still a down off of the game on the Wednesday night. But, but the past seven weeks, the, he's got the crowd back inside, first of all, where the, the starting to actually play the signings that we've actually. Uh, brought in play. He didn't play ball and golly against Cluj He didn't play I think it was Julian Didn't play against Cluj uh, The first time as well The reason why uh, ball and golly Didn't play against Cluj Was because His performances at that time Were being measured by The number of mistakes that he made Not the number of good things that he did number of mistakes he made So yeah. Neil Lennon felt He couldn't trust him Against Cluj And The surprise to me was That he put McGregor there Because you Kill McGregor's influence Stone dead When you play him there Brendan Rodgers tried it It failed for him And Neil Lennon tried it And it failed for him But Last night Seven weeks later Bolingoli can not only be trusted But he he sets up a a terrific goal Julian Wasn't up to speed And didn't play against uh, Clues seven weeks ago Now he's up to speed Now he looks the seven million pound player And hence the difference I mean David yeah. Football's quite a simple game isn't it If the, the team do the business on the park That creates an atmosphere And the, the two are inseparable Totally agree with that But before the close game There wasn't really anything to fear At that point So we, we created an atmosphere by ourselves By playing McGregor left back in mm-hmm. the first place You can understand why he didn't play ball and golly To an extent But surely if you sign a left back Play the left back Do you know what but, I, I'll say this to you And you were there with your son And I'd invite you to cast your mind back when Ryan Christie makes it 3-2 that night Celtic are in the next stage They are But they then get complacent They then get careless And they pay the maximum penalty I, I agree with you to, to an extent I agree But for the first couple of minutes of that game You could tell McGregor was struggling Straight away As you said the same thing happened to Ibrox as well I don't know if it's just because everybody focusing on it a wee bit more but how excited how excited are you by by the progress then, David? Are you well, are you one of these guys that keeps it in check, or are you looking at the improvement in those seven? The main point I was going to make going away, I think it's Lazio next, doesn't it? At home, and then it's like the, the away leg. Mm-hmm. 
I'm more confident under Neil Lennon going away from home than I was under Brendan Rodgers. Definitely. I, I think Lennon's got the ability to adapt his teams more to a game about going abroad to play these teams. If, see if you look back, like, for example, I know it's PSG and they could probably beat anybody on their day at home, but Brendan Rodgers played a 4-3-3. I would, he, ref, he refused to change when we went away from home. I think he did the same at Bayern Munich as well, actually. But, you know, for a fact, if, if we were to go there for top and say Glenham's still a manager next year and we get into the Champions League, if we were to do the same thing again next year, the entire shape of the team would change. And we'd just try and sit in for as long as we could. But Brendan Rodgers refused mm. to change. You join a growing number of people who say Celtic look more assured under Neil Lennon in Europe than they did under Brendan Rodgers. And you also form a growing list of people who are saying... It's time that Neil Lennon got the credit for what he has been doing. I mean, at the same, I at the same time, the le- you, you do have to be fair about the level of opposition that, that you're talking about here. The, the main criticism of Brendan Rodgers' European time is in the is in the Champions League against top European opposition. So it is different, and it's okay to. Yeah, to but he pr- took some right canings there. Yeah, uh, no, but, but that's what I'm saying. How, how do you, how do you really start fairly comparing Ren and Cluj yeah, I think to PSG the, and yeah, but it was the way in which Celtic approached PSG and Barcelona. Uh, Celtic supporters mm. Like Rangers supporters Like Tottenham Hotspur supporters Don't welcome Seven goals Being banged Behind their team uh, And uh, Perhaps they felt That Brendan Rodgers Had not approached Those games In the manner Which they would have enjoyed Well Chris I think It was uh, David That brings it up Seven weeks ago The Cluj game you, you can see that That progression Whether it's just a, a familiarity Time for guys to, to bed in it, There was a lot of differences Yeah Well Neil Lennon I think mentioned that In his uh in his press conference this uh, this afternoon about the guys getting to know each other, they obviously training a lot more on the training field. They played more games together. There's more of a settled back four there. I think at this minute in time that the back four picks itself. Um, and you know when you do have big performances along your back four, and you've got the influence of the skipper and Edward is in the mood, then it's a recipe for a good team performance. But I do think is going back to that Clues game is that you know Callum McGregor at left back is not ideal, but I, th- I personally think he can do a job there. You know, if he's played in an advanced position, he can play there. I think uh, of the most memorable moment that I probably had in a Celtic strip was playing against Barcelona. I practically played right back for the whole of that game. And I don't know, suppose you can remember the centre forward in that game that started. Miku. Miku, yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, he wasn't a guy that gave me a huge amount of confidence going into that game. And Adam Matthews, I think, at 18, 19 years playing left back, you know, there's certain responsibility for players to put on a performance, whether you know where they play right back, right midfield, or you know what front. There's a certain aspect of that. I don't think Cluj, albeit you know there's been a lot of chat about Callum McGregor playing left back. I don't think you could still go into that game feeling not confident that you were going to get the win with just because of Callum McGregor at left back. So, you know, although you know a lot of speculation about Neil Lennon's tactics and he should have done that, he should have done that, as Hugh said there. At 3-2, it was very, very comfortable. David Nerskin, thank you very much for the call. Let's move swiftly on to the next one, who's Michael uh, in Greenock. You're a Rangers fan, Michael. What are your, your thoughts on this James Tavernier business? I'm sensing a bit of a, a debate brewing about how much he's to blame. Hi, Barrel. Uh, first time caller, I'm actually just phoning up because of the voice from Black Hall, who seems to be a wee bit of a forgetful Rangers supporter, because I seem to remember the two old fungals, one in the... Scottish Cup semis that he scored against Celtic and the other one 
in their last those last season's old thumb game against Celtic he swung in and scored in the second minute as well. Without having your goal contribution last season, we would not have finished second. Yeah, what have you made of the, the, the sort of depth of criticism, Michael, aimed at aimed at the captain? And listen, I know, I know all too well that there is an extremist section out there on, on social media and they lash out and whatever, but have you been surprised at quite the amount of criticism that he's come in for in the last 12 hours or so? Yeah, I believe if he wasn't captain, he wouldn't come in for as much criticism, to be honest. Uh, there just seems to always be a fall guy just now, just since we went down, really. Uh, we blame Daly, we blame McCall, and obviously Pedro Cachinho and all that as well. So I feel as if now Tavnier's just the most recent scapegoat. But obviously Gerard is to blame as well for playing Hollander over Katic in my eyes because I think that Hollander's only getting played because of his price tag. You see, you talk about the fine margins here. And I believe that we throw out the human fallibility factor. One bad game, oh, could put him out of the team. I mean, in fairness, some of the critics, and I'm not saying they're right, but some of the critics are saying that it's not just about last night. They they feel yeah. like it's something they've identified but, over time, rightly or wrongly. But Michael is talking about, well, why did he pick Hillander, not Katic? Again, to go back to the fine margins, to talk about Celtic being 3-2 up against Cluj and then blowing it. Rangers were comfortable. They should have had a penalty. They should have been playing 10 men instead of 11. But the fine margins... We wouldn't be having this conversation if the, the game had finished 1-1. But they've been caught out by a, a, a long ball. Yeah, Tavernier and other defenders have made a mess of it. And they've lost the match. But fine margins. Michael, who else perhaps played a part then? If it's not all down to James Tavernier, who, who else might have helped him out? I look at the difference between James Tavernier last season to James Tavernier this season. And the one difference you can really look at is Daniel Kandias We've went from having Daniel Kandias To having Shiojo Who in my eyes is Half the player Kandias with Yeah he's younger And he's still learning his trade But at the end of the day You've got Stephen Davis Who as you know Is obviously a very unselfish player He's looking at Ojo And taking a second option I don't think the players on the park Trust Ojo I think Daniel Kandias tonight Has become a much better player In this programme Than he was in the Rangers jersey To be honest uh, Chris, what about this notion then um, of dropping players? Because th- does that does that do James Tavernier any good? Does that do Rangers any good? Just on on the back of that last night, you know what I sense in this last eighteen to twenty four months is a snowball effect of James Tavernier's persona that he can't defend, and the amount of Rangers supporters that I've heard or have spoke to me. That is the main thing. James Tavernier can't defend. They, they, you know they kind of leave all the penalties, the set pieces, you know the free kicks. The attacking threat that he brings to the squad. But yet if he makes one mistake every three or four games, that is highlighted to that's you know, he's finished. Do you think you think it's getting blown out of proportion? I just think it's a snowball effect. It's it's being highlighted very, very uh what's what's the word? They they really go into town on it. Do you know what I mean? It's I find it harsh for a Rangers skipper to come under this sort of scrutiny. And again, this is a uh a good right back in my opinion he's not put the ball in his own net he's merely trying to, I, th- I, I, I even look at I think he's merely just trying to cover Connor Goldson you know in that space um, but it, you will get scrutinised as a football player all the time but I just feel as if at this moment in time this is the peak and the pinnacle of the criticism that Tavernier is mm. getting 
for what has been a snowball effect for the last 24 months Michael and Greenock we thank you for the call Mike is in shots he's going to give us his opinion on James Tavernier after the travel with Michael Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the league leader for compensation talk to thompsons.com Hugh Evans and Chris Commons here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on those two big Europa League matches we're on the phones and we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB lots of different opinions coming in on James Tavernier's role Hugh oh. uh, Marshall McConnell says uh, can't just blame Tavernier okay a mistake was made they ain't the first they won't be the last Ojo last night was worse says Marshall um, Christopher McElhinney's got a potential solution He says Rangers should go to a back three Tavernier would be a greater asset And a lesser liability um, And then on the Celtic perspective Jim Gallagher has mentioned a name That we've not really heard Because he had a quiet night But oh. Jim says One of the best players brought in Is Fraser Forster Brings confidence at the back And we've looked a lot more confident In that position I, With regard to Tavernier When the last thing you remember Is Tavernier making a clumsy attempt At stopping the young boys player and he goes on to score the winning goal That's the first thing you're angry about The last thing in the game is the first thing you're angry about And I think that's why it stays in the mind If it had finished 1-0 We would not be having this conversation at all But, but you respect people's right to say it didn't I, so, I do uh, well, let's, let's, get, let's get back to the phones Because we're going to elaborate on this for sure With Mike in shots Are you defending James Tavernier, Mike? Are you criticising him? Bit of both Um. Criticising him. Uh, good evening, everybody. Um, I'm criticising him. Um, he's not really played a great game all season. He he's caught short quite a lot. Um, some of the crosses he puts in is good. Some of some of them don't beat the first man. But uh, two mistakes last night, um, and he scored two goals. Um, he did exactly the same thing uh, against Celtic last season. Uh, short pass, and Celtic scored from it. Um, and I don't believe for a minute that. C.V. Gerald, uh, Gerard will um, um, drop him. He's a captain. But anybody else, if he wasn't the captain, he would drop anybody else that made those mistakes. He was a liability last night. With Just on that, Mike, though, is that true? Because you could say that Conor Goldson's mistake in the Old Firm game this season was as glaring, more glaring than anything James Tavernier's done, and he didn't get dropped. So I've heard that a lot today, but I, I just wonder if it's true. Well, I was going to come on to Conor Goldson as well. At times there, um, he doesn't bring a lot of uh, encouragement. Um, against Celtic, he passed the ball to, I think it was Mikey Johnson, who scored. Um, if the ball comes to Conor Goldson as well, uh, at speed, he, he, hasn't, he doesn't really take control of it very good. It, it kind of gets stuck under his foot. And for a professional footballer, it shouldn't happen. But, um, th- you know, there's this two people within the uh, Rangers team at the moment that give cause for concern one is um, James Tavernier and other is Conor Goldson um, I don't know where we go from here because he is the Rangers captain and um, I can't see uh, Stevie Gerrard dropping him because he is a captain but if he hadn't have been captain he would have been dropped in a heartbeat I'm sure he would um, and I know Conor Goldson wasn't but that was one mistake he made um, against Celtic um, and I don't know who you would need to put in, but um, in my opinion, something needs to be done about James Tavernier. He gets that far up the park and uh, loses the ball. They play a diagonal from one side of the park to the other, and he's caught out. He jogs back, and by that time, it's too late. Rangers are one point and one goal 
behind Celtic. Uh, is concern really the right word to be using, We're not Mike? Talking about the SPL, Hugh. We're we talking about the, the, the mistakes he's made in the European game. There, well, that's, that's what we're, we're trying yeah, but to. You, but you uh, were talking about on. you were talking about Conor Goldson in the game against Celtic at Ibrox. Yep, yep. So I, I just think one goal and one point behind Celtic. Um, I think you're overreacting and other supporters are overreacting to what's going on and I include Europe Stevie Gerrard uh, has had 24 European ties with Rangers amazingly in a year and a half and Rangers have done for the most part very well in those European ties Chris you can tell us more about how these things work Mike is is probably right James Tavernier does get up the field a lot he then automatically as a result of that will at times Caught up the field But, but I mean that, That's not an accident Rangers are telling him To play that way Steven Gerrard I assume Is telling him To play that way And If you're trying to Balance it up Does he create more goals By doing that Than he loses at the other end By being caught out the, the, Yeah The way that they play James Tavernier Is your outlet He will be the one That you want to get on the ball In a high Wide position On the right This is why you have A good Centre midfield Of Jack of Davis, of Kamara, and Arfield. Very, very tight. You've got Ojo just to the left, and then Morelos, who leads the line on his own. Now, prior to last night, Rangers had been beaten once all season. Once. Now, this is not a... Mistakes all the time. Right, okay. You, what what other mistakes this season has he made, mate? Because you, you, you've said that a few times. I'm wondering if you've got examples, because you see him more I'm, than me. I'm a season, well, I'm a season ticket holder. I yep. go to Rangers every, every home game, and... Your heart's in your mouth, as you know, when he passes the halfway line, because he will not cross the ball um, correctly, or a lot of the times he doesn't beat the first man, or it'll go out of play. Um, a lot of the times there, uh, when he does cross the ball, and it it, uh, it gets headed back out again, or whatever the case may be, he's up um, the right hand side of the park. The ball gets uh, punted across field down to some because they know he's not there, and uh, you know it doesn't result all the time in a goal against. But it could do, Mike. I must admit, I and because you, you, you are right. You do watch him much more than me because you're you're a season ticket holder. I expect to hear criticism of James Tavernier's defending. I am surprised to hear that his delivery is now getting questioned because, of course, you don't beat the, the first man with with every cross. But surely his assist statistics show you that his delivery is decent. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that it's not, but there is times there when he's up the park when he crosses. And it hits the hits the first man. It then gets, uh, you know, sent down where he should be, and it, uh, a lot of the times it can result in a goal. I'm not saying his. I mean, his defensive stats is not too bad, um, and probably second to none. His defensive stats. A lot of people saying that he's a bad defender. Um, uh, that that second goal that uh, young boy scored last night, when he had the ball at his feet, it should have been out the park. You can't score from a throw in. You know, direct from a throw-in, or you know, kick it into the stands. There was, a, there was a minute or so to go, and I've seen them trying to play out of trouble, and you don't do that. Any other team um, would have kicked it out of the park as far as it had gone. Why do you think um, Stephen Gerrard retains him in the team then? Because he's a captain, you. Well, if, that doesn't matter if you if you are playing very very badly. Stephen Gerrard is a man of. Sufficient stature and background to say, "Well, I'm sorry, you'll need to go, and I'll make Steve Davis the captain." Well, maybe that's what's needed. Maybe I think I think if um, if they drop uh, James Tavernier, 
just for one or two games, it'll give him the kick up the backside and think, wait a minute, I'll need to keep things simple. And if it had kept things simple last night, we wouldn't be in the predicament. I wouldn't be, you know, phoning into speech here tonight. You've got to keep things simple. He had the ball at his feet, he had two or three chances to kick it out of the park. And he didn't do that. Okay, Mike and Shots, thank you very much for the call. It's time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. What a treat you've got on Beat the Pundit because you've got the choice. Well, you don't have the choice. The coin has the choice of the old veteran, Mr. Keevans. Or could it be a debut on Beat the Pundit for Chris Commons? Find out after the break. If you want to play tonight, 0141 951 1025. Be fast. The lines close at 7. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Chris Commons and Hugh Evans are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. So much reaction coming in from last night's Europa League games. Good and bad. Rangers fans obviously disappointed. There's been a lot of debate about James Tavernier's role last night. Celtic fans seem to be delighted with what they witnessed, and you can understand that as well. So keep those thoughts coming in. And of course we will turn our attentions to the weekend's action as well So if you've got any thoughts 0141 951 1025 Let's do this first Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Will it be a 657th appearance on Beat the Pundit for Hugh Keevans Or will it be a debut for Chris Collins We are moments away from finding out what is for sure is that tonight's contestant is Ryan from Cumbernauld How are you tonight Ryan? I'm fine thanks, how are you? Not too bad at all uh, You're a Celtic fan it says on my magic screen Happy I take it from last night? Uh, very much so, three points, can't complain can you? What stood out for you, what was the what was the most pleasing aspect? Uh, Elgin Aze getting on the score sheet Yeah true I think good. he could be title this season, I think it's a good signing Good point, I don't think we've mentioned him yet Chris, I mean, Elanusi, yeah. no, I... Uh... Seen him a few times now. I've been very impressed with him. Spe- speaking to Neil Lennon um, about his training regime, he's very, very quick. Can you know? Can go left and right. I think uh, the Scottish style of play will certainly do him mm-hmm. no, uh, you know, doing wonders. Um, but yeah, I think he's a, a good asset because he has got good pace and eye for goal. And I think getting that first goal is always a massive, massive thing. You know, that'll settle him down, and he'll be looking forward now to every game. To try and replicate that sort of form Right enough about that for now Heads it is Hugh Keevans Against Ryan and Tails It's Chris Commons And what do you know It's Chris Commons Against Ryan From Cumbernauld He's played in the Champions League He's played in front of 60,000 How does the pressure of Beat the Pundit compare We're about to find out I'm going to give Chris a bit of Clyde 2 In his ear So he can't hear us anymore uh, And we'll get your clock up and running Ryan you have 30 seconds Head to head with Chris You can pass remember Here's your chance to beat the Pundit You ready? Ready, Ryan? Yep, ready. How many points do Celtic have in their Europa League group? Four. Name any of the English teams Andy Webster played for. Arsenal. Which Hearts player is out for 10 weeks with a knee injury? What type of insect is on Aloha's badge? B. Which German team did Paul Lambert play for? Bruce Dortmund. Who scored Rangers opener last night? Morelos And in what year did Johan Mialbi join Celtic? 2001 Okay, let's bring Chris back uh, Chris, can you hear us? I'm back with you Yeah uh, uh, You know what Beat the Pundit consists of? Yes, you've heard it before No, I've just been listening to a song there Yeah, I know that But I mean oh, generally right, yeah. I'm going to ask you some questions You need to try and get them right you It's know pretty what? simple Go 
Alright okay You've got 30 seconds Remember you can pass I'll give you the same instructions That we gave Ryan So if okay. you want to pass And move on let's do it You ready? How many points Do Celtic have In their Europa League group? Four Name any of the English teams Andy Webster played for No idea Which Hearts player Is out for 10 weeks With a knee injury? Uh, Naismith And what type of insect Is on Alawa's badge? B Which German team Did Paul Lambert play for? Uh, Borussia Dortmund Who scored Rangers Opener last night? Morelos In what year Did Johan Mialbi Join Celtic? Uh, 2008 uh, What nationality's Former Rangers player Russell Latapy? Irish <laughs> 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 oh, that's, that's one of the classics That's getting saved In the archive <laughs> Is there any English wow. questions? Oh my goodness Right let's find What do you think Ryan Is it Is it a victory Do you think it's a close one I think Cal- it's very close yeah Did you say Carl I've got the answers I got as well but hmm? Did you I say Carl Lafty? Lafty was Irish <laughs> <laughs> Russell Latterby I was watching I was <laughs> Oh my goodness oh, Anyway uh, How many points Does Celtic have Four You both got it Name any of the English teams Andy Webster played with You had a choice a Tough question Producer Andy I must say At Wigan Bristol or Coventry So none of you got it The Hearts player now out for 10 weeks With a knee injury Craig Halkett uh, So it's still one all What type of insect is on Alawa's badge You weren't watching it that close Because it's a wasp, wasp Not a bee yeah. and It's similar and, uh, is it? I don't oh. know Someone, Some nature expert out there would be Producer Andy's shaking his head Look at him He's, he's furious that I made that you're He must being, be a you're, bee expert You're being very polite I don't know if the wasps Yeah oh. so none of you got I am being polite None of you got that right uh, Which German team did Paul Lambert play for? Borussia Dortmund You both got it Well done Two all. Who scored Rangers opener In the loss to Young Boys It was Morelos You both got it Three all Tense You keep um, Johan Mialbi joined Celtic In 1998 So I'm afraid It's still three all Chris had the chance to win it Because he got to the last question <laughs> And Ryan didn't What nationality is Russell Latapy Not Kyle Lafferty <laughs> He's from Trinidad and Tobago Which is just a bit away from From Ireland uh, Just across the water What that means as we're going to the tiebreaker Because it was three all So I'm going to ask the question Ryan I'll get Chris okay. To write his answer down And I'll then invite you To give me your attempt Okay Okay Right we need to separate you somehow So the tiebreaker Is This If I can find it I've accidentally cut it off my sheet I think No I don't Here we go Right How many goals have been scored In the Scottish Premiership This season So you're taking a guess I don't expect you to know How many goals have been scored in the Premiership this season. Chris, you write it down. Show me the number. Oh, wow. Um, it's a stab in the dark at this oh, point, yeah, Hugh. Yeah, yeah. A lottery, uh, as they say. So how many goals in the Scottish Premiership this season? Chris, show me your bit of paper. Okay. What's your attempt, Ryan? Um, a hundred. Okay. Ryan's gone for a nice round number in a hundred. Chris has gone 78. The answer... Is 118 He's oh. done you Chris On the tiebreaker Ryan and Cumbernauld The sign ball is on its way Well done to you Thank you very much Thank you Good man That was Ryan and Cumbernauld Chris A defeat First time out uh, Bounce back Go again Come back stronger Is that the, the footballing Cliches at this point Yeah listen to the questions A little bit more thoroughly <laughs> <laughs> that, that, That's right the presenter. That's gone right up there With um, Mark Wilson's QOS oh, yes, I think yes. The Irishman Russell Latterby Love that But do you know what <laughs> That wasn't too bad because some pe- some people have um, had zeros on here. Zeros, zeros. Yes. Wow. Um, name names: Craig Beatty, Andy Little, to name a couple. So you got three beaten in the tie break. Room for improvement. I think we'll we'll leave it there. Uh, 
Hugh Keevans has an interesting game on at the moment Aloha yeah. against Dundee United Which is interesting in its own right of course In the Championship yep. But I wonder how many people have tuned in That wouldn't normally tune in And are waiting to see Lauren Shankland And if he misses a chance They'll say Rubbish decision to call him up yeah. And if he scores They'll say Brilliant he's the man We are extremely weak At international level When it comes to the scoring of goals um, Lauren Shankland scores plenty In the second tier of Scottish football I think it's a, a bold move by Steve Clark To give him his chance I do not think he'll play against Russia But he will definitely play against San Marino And let's see if he can do it at that level Lots of people will tell you That's ah, alright he, he, He's done it for Air United And for Dundee United But would he do it for Celtic or Rangers for example Well Now we'll find out about Lauren Shankland And, and uh, I, I wish him well I think it's a heartwarming story At the age of 24 to uh, be through what he has been through And then get the international call up Great for him Well we'll see how he gets on Eight minutes No five minutes gone My eyesight's going Aloha nil Dundee United nil At the Indodrill Stadium So we'll see how Lauren Shankland And the rest of those players get on Let's take another call From Robbie in Falk Okay Robbie How's it going? How's it going? Ah, no bad, no bad. I tell you what it is, after uh, last night's performance and Neil Lennon getting a lot of plaudits in Europe as a manager, there's no better guy than Chris Commons to give us some insight into Neil Lennon, the manager. Now, I would just like Chris just to obviously elaborate on what I've just said about Neil Lennon, you know, uh, and give us a wee bit more insight into... You know, obviously he's played in the, the group games 2012-2013, the big Barcelona game, then the two legs in the last 16 against Juventus. So what really makes Neil Lennon quite an effective manager in Europe and obviously in the, the, the Scottish top flight? And just, uh, you know, that's basically the, the, the question I'm, uh, I'm asking here. What, what is it actually like in the dressing room and uh, like his team talks and his tactics and how Chris found him as, as a manager? I thought he was an intense manager, a manager that demanded high standards, a manager that wanted you to play to a standard week in, week out. Uh, I have never come across a gentleman or a manager that would give me that much confidence, nor the squad, to go and beat the Europe's elite. And I know we had nights where we got beat. I know that we got beat domestically. But for the best part the the memories that I took from him was his team talks his motivational speaks um, a guy that you wanted to die for ultimately you wanted to do everything that you could do in a Celtic jersey to not just make yourself proud the supporters but your, your manager for and foremost you didn't want to let him down and you know when I first joined Celtic Neil Lennon were going through a hell of a lot of personal issues, you know, with the the attack at Tynecastle, the you know the things through the post and the bomb threat, you know, everything that was going through him personally. And at no point did he try to down tools. Did he try to take a step back? He was still very, very the front man, the pivotal man, taking training, making sure you you and your personal problems was sorted. But yeah, he's got some very, very uh, good speaks and. Uh, yeah, he's changing room persona. It gives it an, an aura of how can I describe it that you know when you means business. You know, he's a very very calm, educational guy. He's he's, he's clever, but when the business end starts, he is extremely. Chris, uh, do you think very good? Any manager, Neil included, can only be as good as the players he has at his disposal. We're a shadow of that, yeah. Because, you know, Neil went to England 
didn't work out from there because he, he chose the wrong club. At the same time, though, I mean, surely managers earn their money by getting the most out of the players that they've got there as well. But I mean, that's. I, I really do think, though, Gordon, that you, you must have, and Chris was in a very good Celtic side. Uh, you must have a nucleus of mm. extremely good players. Of course, but I mean, like I say, is that not what separates the the, the good? Is that not what what separates the the good Celtic managers from from the not so good ones? Because they're always going to have the best squad or thereabouts. So it's about the guy that can get the most out of them. Well, uh, I, I bow to to Chris's knowledge of what goes on uh, in the dressing room and uh, Neil Lennon's motivational powers. Um, but I'm sure Neil will be the first to acknowledge that. You know, this season, let's isolate this season You know, they've had a very good transfer window With Julian coming in uh, Bolingoli is now shaping up to be a player uh, El Yanusi, uh, You know, a, a player of big reputation And big transfer fee uh, So, Neil has a lot going for him He has made Celtic more attractive to watch uh, Robbie, did that answer the question? Anything else you'd like to, to find out? No, that, that, that's fine. I, I was just wondering uh, how uh, Hugh and Chris see the, the group shaping up now. I think you probably will uh, agree with us. See, the next two games against Lazio, they're crucial. That can actually basically put Celtic either out of sight or the last two games against Rennes and Clues with all to play for. Because, if, you know, that's basically the next two games are the ones, the crucial yeah. ones that are going to shape this group. Yeah, you have to examine Lazio. You know, they're not, although they are in Serie A, uh, they're not burdened by, or overburdened by household names. Uh, and they've already lost uh, to Cluj. So, you know, at Celtic Park, I would say if Celtic beat Lazio at Celtic Park, it'll take a great boost, Chris, for the, the remainder of the, the the group. Yeah, I think the same level of performance that you said at the start of the show, that Celtic need to produce that sort of level of intensity, that sort of level of performance to get anything out of any European game. That's at Celtic Park as well as away. I think what Neil Lennon will do ordinarily away from home is try and be a little bit more cautious, Um probably make a few changes, but certainly the dynamic of the team uh, on a counter-attack is, 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 is all there to see with the players that he's got at his disposal. But the home games are the ones where you want the intensity, the high press, put them under pressure, make them make mistakes. The fans build on that, the players feed off it, and then you end up you know, getting in your groove. And when you've got your groove and you're playing well under the lights at Celtic Park, it's a special atmosphere. Good question, Robbie. I like that. I like getting the insight. Thank you very much. 01419511025. Let's hear from Connor Goldson. He says not being able to take chances was a big reason. Rangers lost to young boys in Bern. He also says the squad would never lay blame on any one individual after errors in a match. I really think it was deserved. Obviously, conceding so late. Yeah, it just wasn't nice. I think it was a game that was there for the taking. Yeah, um, and I think at this level that you've got to take those opportunities. Being 1 0 up at half time, um, having obviously some of the chances that we did have on the counter attack, and I thought we limited them, even though they had a lot of the ball in the second half. But I think at this level that you've got to take those opportunities when they're from you know. The manager just touched on the fact that individual errors made it even more frustrating. What was your view on the way the goals were conceded? Yeah, obviously it wasn't nice, but I'm not going to sit here and dig people out. Um, we're a team and we stay as a team, we stay together. There's going to be people who make mistakes over the season and whether that's a striker missing chances or whether that's a defender making a mistake that costs a goal, but 
we're unlucky. I think obviously the buff one at what's that 90th minute or something. It's a hell of a save, and then we go down the other end and concede a sloppy goal. But no, as I said, we had the opportunity to get in a great place in the group, and we haven't managed to take it. Mark and Natesford's next up. Hi, Mark. How you doing, guys? You all right? Good, Good, thank you. Yeah. I was bad. Listen, I just gave a wee phone call tonight because I've listened to a couple of your callers on there, um, Slate and Tav. I think I've been a wee bit unfair with him. No, I mean, fair enough, it was maybe a blunder he made, but I don't think he's he screaming for his neck. No, at um, the end of the day, the, the boys still scored, what, 17 plus goals for us this season alone. No, I think he does. I mean, me personally, I, mean, I don't think he is captain. I don't, I, I mean, I don't think he is. But, um, but at the end of the day, he still brings to the team and he still delivers and he still, no, he, and he still does what he's got today. No, and he, he's certainly no anyway a defender. I mean, even some people might cry he is a defender, but he's not a defender. Chris, let me ask just on Conor Goldson's comments there. I mean, don't get me wrong, you, he's not exactly going to fill it as captain in, in the press. He, he says the squad would never lay the blame on anyone. Do, do you find in dressing rooms you've been in, did, did the players really sort of rally around when guys make mistakes? Maybe not initially in the heat of the moment, but is there a general sort of support there? Um, I think usually, you know, the the manager, the coaching staff will address it after a game. You know, depends how heated it's been. Depends, uh, you know, in the manner of which. You know, if it's a defeat, if it's a draw, you know, it might come away thinking, well, you know, we've got away with one there. But usually, I would say in the days afterwards, you would, you know, go through the goals, perhaps pull the guy to one side, pull the defenders to one side. And I think what Stephen Gerrard said after uh, the game, you know, it wasn't a bit of brilliance. It wasn't a, you know, a piece of outstanding play. It was uh, an, a, a mistake. So he'll probably reiterate to his defenders, certainly his centre midfielders, to eradicate. Minor errors because at the minute those minor errors are costing Rangers goals and then, albeit just from last night I think in the grand scheme of things is what Hugh said at the start of the show mm. Rangers are one point behind Celtic they're doing all right in Europe and uh, you know it's not crisis just yet just to keep it in perspective mm. he scored seventeen goals last season he had twenty one assists uh, you know tonight he's been decried as uh, uh, not a good defender uh, his Distribution is allegedly poor uh, And yet 17 goals And 21 assists So He must be doing something right Mark Keep him in the team This weekend Yeah Oh definitely Oh definitely We've got a question about I mean Hughes just hit it nail on the head there Do you know it, it, You can't just Drop the guy for I mean fair enough I'm not going to deny guys I mean last week The other week yeah, with the, the old firm game I did criticise him I mean I did I had I was what I sang him do you know what I mean? I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny that um, because he's mistake he made. No, but that was the heat in the moment. Do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, we look at the, the, the guy's performance at our, it, I mean, I think Rangers fans have just been a wee bit harsh on him, no. I mean, I, and I get slated the other week there when I cried three seed, no, and I'm not going to shy away from that. With the old firm. But again, it's just all done to emotion, it's an emotion game and no, and everything else. Do you know what I mean, guys? But I just think the mm. Rangers fans just need calm down you, but no, don't call for the guy. He, I mean, the guy has done his, the guy has served as well. No, I mean, Hughes just hit it in the heel, in the heat there. I mean, he has served as well. No, I mean, he's done well. As I said, guys, though, I, mean, I don't think he's a captain of the team. I think maybe that should maybe get passed to somebody else. I mean, I don't think he's, he's quite much a leader. No, but 
the end of the day, is that, I mean, the guy, the, the guy has served as well, and I think just Rangers fans have been a wee bit unfair with him, and that's to just make me phone you up the right. Good man. Okay, Mark, thank you very much. That was Mark Knightswood on 0141 Bit of support coming in uh, for James Tavernier amid some of the criticism we heard earlier on. It's almost time for the full time teaser. It was one of the first things Chris Common says when he came into the studio this, tonight. Uh, he said, Don't give me one of those teasers. Well, tough. <laughs> We're stuck with it and we'll get it next. Get your thinking caps ready. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. TalkToThompsons.com Hugh Evans and Chris Commons Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's show It's Alawa 1 Dundee United Now an own goal From Lauren Shankland No Hugh. it wasn't no, just no, It was a very it. well Very well constructed goal From Alawa So Peter Grant's got them Very well organised And 22 minutes in Dundee United Are up against it They are indeed Yeah to Midway through the, 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 the first half So quarter of the game gone Alawa 1 Dundee United nil in the Championship Big games to come all across the SPFL tomorrow uh, We'll be here at 2 o'clock Back again on Sunday So make sure you join us There is lots to go through Let's get tonight's full-time teaser up and running quickly Because we've still got a lot of calls to take if we can um, I pitched this at a, a sensible level Shall we say Chris To give you the benefit of the doubt You may turn out to be an absolute mastermind And then I'll let it make them more difficult the next time you're on but you're not going to get much help from Hugh Keevans alongside you He's already warned me that if, if I don't come up to speed He's going to give me what he gave Ronnie Dyla and Mulder Oh no, jeez so, <laughs> for a rough night We'll, we'll see how, I, I think this is okay This is okay uh, This has been sent in uh, by James Grant Thank you to James for sending it in full time at Clyde1.com So I picked a relatively easy one Before Brown and Tavernier all the talk of James Tavernier tonight Before Brown and Tavernier Name the five previous captains for Celtic and for Rangers So 10 answers in total Before Brown and Tavernier Name the 5 previous captains For Celtic and Rangers Hugh Keevans Let's let Chris Commons uh, Lead us away uh, McManus Lennon Lambert Oh my goodness More uh, than more than I could have dreamed of That's fine that, That's enough to get us up and run Oh is it Do I have to say um, all that No yeah but Between now and 8 o'clock Oh okay Oh you're fine Plenty of time Hugh Any from you Charlie McGrew Nope Any Rangers ones Rangers uh, Fourth Avenue. I know. Um, Think of the one immediately before Miller. No, not Kenny Miller. No. Oh, uh, thing it uh, left back. What's the forgotten man? Hearts. So much forgotten that you oh, can't remember yeah. his name. But I know you know who, who you're talking about. Would oh, he Hearts? He went to Hearts. No, it was. He came. Oh, Lee Wallace. Lee Wallace. <laughs> Lee Wallace. Okay, right. we'll leave it there. That's plenty to get us up and running. Uh, before Brown and Tavernier named the five previous captains for Celtic and for Rangers. Ten in total. Uh, we've got Lee Wallace, Where? Stephen McManus, Neil Lennon, Paul Lambert, Davy Weir. Right, definitely leave it there because you're going to squish this within <laughs> the next two minutes. Uh, we need to spin this out till eight o'clock. Uh, one, two, three, four, five to get. But these ones are a bit harder. So we'll leave it there. Uh, five down, five to go. You can play along at Clyde SSB. And if you want to hear your question in the show, the address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. We're going to speak to Martin, who's a Rangers fan on the line very soon. Let's start turning our attentions as well, though, uh, to some of tomorrow's fixtures. What's um, what's jumping out at you, Hugh? Uh, the first one that jumps out at me is Aberdeen uh, against Hibbs. Um, Derek McInnes has taken a pasting. Uh, he has acknowledged as much in the press. Uh, for Aberdeen 
to lose five goals to Rangers is uh, a body blow to the Aberdeen fans. Uh, they want to see an immediate reaction, and he'll need to deliver it against Hibs at Pataudry. Otherwise, um, the, the crowd will continue to turn on him. I, I do think, I don't know whether Chris agrees or not, but after a certain length of time, and Derek's been there for six years, uh, familiarity breeds contempt and people forget what you were good at and what you have previously done of a positive nature and they seize on a run such as the one that Abilene are stuck with at the moment and they then start to make problems for you. Yeah, Chris, I think uh, Derek McKinnis said, was it yesterday, the day before, um, he's struggling to think of any lower moments in his, his Aberdeen tenure than the, the game at Ibrooks. Big couple of weeks coming up for, for, for them. Yeah, it's an important game. I always found that uh, Petorge, it's a tough game. I think Aberdeen will end up being uh, comfortable winners. Um, I've seen enough of Hibs where I, you know they don't give me any sort of confidence at all that they can uh, get a result. But Derek knows the game inside out. I think with Derek, with his Rangers connection, it probably more of an embarrassment, not just as a club, but from a, you know, a professional and personal point of view as well, going there. Um, but no, they came into a Rangers side that were in full flow. Um, you know, a very, very good... Rangers performance and you know Aberdeen you know if they've not got their best players you know they do struggle and he's had to go through a hell of a lot of changes with all his best players leaving and trying to you know keep in check the uh, you know the Aberdeen faithful's optimism their you know what they expect um, but no it's I, th- I fully expect him to get the three points at the weekend it's just one of those where he's now competing in a league where Celtic and Rangers are very strong whereas you know p- possibly the last three four mm. years they've uh, been but the sec- second best chance, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another game that's going to be an important one for us in Glasgow in the West Tube will be St Mirren and Motherwell Jim Goodwin Let's hear a bit from him He says he's certain the goals are going to come They look for their first league win since August tomorrow Heading to Motherwell Having scored just three times this season But Jim Goodwin says that you know They've, they've been playing catch up in that department You know for a lot of the group Our pre-season games have been Against Hibs, Aberdeen and Rangers You know and um, you know, as you touched on we're, we're solid, we know that And we, we take a lot of pride In being defensively organised um, but the hardest part of, of football is putting the ball in the back of the net, and it's, it's uh, you know it's something that, as I say, we're we're desperate for the boys up front to catch fire and for one of them to go on a run and um, and start banging the goals in. But I, I'm I'm of the belief that you know if you're solid and and you're uh, you're hard to break down, then things will change at the other end. Uh, Jim talks of needing to catch fire. I think. They'll have a big struggle catching fire at Fir Park. I think that uh, Stephen Robinson continues to do an outstanding job. Motherwell are third top and with a home win can move even closer to Rangers in second top place. Uh, I, I just think he's an excellent manager who's signed good players and gets the most out of them. And I did vote for him. As manager of the month and I died. You're not allowed to reveal who won, of course, no, no, yet. No, no, I thought no. you were about to. But uh, I I did put his name forward for manager of the month. Sorry, Stephen, it's not you. But I was well, thinking of you. It might be you've not seen the final count. Remember, well. so you you had your say. <laughs> um, uh, Chris, as 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 much as as mother will have done well, and they are in third. The la- just a couple of weeks ago, we were in this same position, and it was Ross County going to Fir Park, and you're thinking, well, that looks like a home win, and mother will strengthen their position, and Ross County. 
did a job on them and, yeah. and, and, and won the game So Stephen Robinson won't be getting complacent ahead of this visit of St Mirren you can't imagine no, I think he's well aware that every single game in this league is very very competitive what he has got is got a good group of players that when they play to the ability they've got a chance of winning uh, winning games I don't think for one minute he's going to get carried away that they can possibly maintain third I think with the budget that they've got the players the squad you know I think for Motherwell you want to be talking top six can you get fifth um, but no they've certainly got off to a good start but Motherwell's one of them sorts of teams that go through bits of form they could quite easily lose four five six on the spin you know they're up and down but it's uh you know seven games in 13 points it's been a very very good return for them yeah that'll be one of the fixtures we're keeping an eye on tomorrow should be a good one let's speak to martin who is in falkirk as a rangers fan hi martin hi good evening guys hi martin how are you yeah not too bad um i was listening to Krista. i think his assessment's good with motherwell um i mean you'll take hearts from last year they started off brilliantly and then they obviously fell away at the end of the season but I think outside the Rangers and Celtic it's actually quite tough to call who's going to finish third, fourth and fifth because they're all uh, poor if I'm being honest they're all almost as bad as each other <laughs> yeah listen Hugh you make no mistake about that sorry Martin we'll, we'll just because you, you raise a good point Martin I think it's, it's worth elaborating on the it's, it's the fact that Aberdeen are not as strong as, as you might expect them to be Hearts aren't as strong as you might yeah. expect them to be And the same said for Hibs So if the Motherwells or the Kilmarnocks of the world Are there to capitalise on that Good on them Yeah well, absolutely But uh, we have five major football clubs In our top division The two in Edinburgh The two in Glasgow And the one in isolation in Aberdeen And Celtic and Rangers are doing just fine Thank you very much But Hibs and Hearts are in decline And so are Aberdeen uh, And that should be of concern To the major league Good luck to Motherwell I can't I say often enough How much uh, regard I have For Stephen Robinson And everyone associated with the club But Hibbs, Hart and Aberdeen Are in dire need of improvement Martin what was your main point? Sorry, so it was just a, a, a point about Tavernier and a quick assessment of last night's game. I'll try and make it quick. No, the problem with is you just hitting your head between a rock and a hard place. Like you said earlier on, 22 assists, 17 goals. I mean, I don't think you'll find a right-back in world football who has that sort of return. Um, but at the same time, we do know that he's got mistakes in him as a defender. And I think he was, um, I don't know who it was, I think it might have been Chris that says that um, the manager will have a talk with him, pull him aside and say we need to cut out these small errors and blah, blah, blah. Um, with Tavernier, I think he's, what, 27 years old? you got to think, as a right-back, um, I mean, the first and foremost, a right-back as a defender, if you think that 27-year-old defender, if he's 27, I'm sorry if he's not, but at that age, you would think that he would get these basics right, whereas Tavernier, as much as I love him, has got these errors in him. And when he makes mistakes in the league, he tends to get away with them and they're not so much highlighted because unfortunately the teams that we're playing against perhaps don't have the quality to take advantage of his mistakes. They only seem to be highlighted in the bigger games when we're playing against a better opposition. Now, we can't replace Tavernier in January. I don't want to replace Tavernier in January because he offers too much to the team but at the same mistake, he does have mistakes and I think the Rangers fans are just going to have to deal with it because he's put the best of a bad situation. We get rid of him, we lose a lot of... Um, we lose a lot of goals and a lot of assists from him. Yeah, Martin, let, let me ask you to respond to this tweet that's come in from Bob then, because Bob, I don't think, is very happy with Hugh or with Chris because 
by and large they've been sticking up for James Tavernier or, or suggesting that the criticism is over the top So you're a Rangers fan Martin So is Bob on Twitter Bob says um, Stop trying to denigrate Rangers fans opinions We watch Tav all the time His deliveries aren't as good as pundits make out We see entire games You lot see one cross that causes a goal If lucky uh, I tend to disagree to a certain extent I mean not every player is going to um, throw in a great cross every single pinpoint cross Andy Robertson doesn't do it Kieran Tierney doesn't do it the, the greatest Marcelo there's plenty of players out there who are absolutely fantastic but do have off days um, I've seen Tavernier a lot he does have a wicked right foot um, and he can win a ball in like no one else um, but there are times where he's not on form like any player in any position. Um, I like Tavernier. He does have a mistake in him, but I think he's the best that we can get at this moment. Go along with that, Chris. I mean, the, the, to to replace the, the the numbers that he puts up, and I know that's not I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. I know that there is more to football than just looking at, at numbers, but that's that's a meaningful contribution. Uh, it is extremely difficult to do both parts in terms of providing goals, scoring goals, and then keeping them out. You know, he has pr- practically got that right-hand side by himself. And the 38 goals that he contributed to last season identifies that going forward, he is a threat. He is a threat from set pieces. He's a threat from the penalty spot. And he not only does he create goals, he scores goals. Now, does he make two mistakes a year, you know, in a season? Does he make three mistakes? Now, if he does that, I think as a manager, you take that on the chin. I can't think off the top of my head that James Tavernier has made more than three, four mistakes in the last 12 months. Now, if there's, if there's Rangers supporters out there that say, oh, he's, that was his fault for that goal and that goal and that goal. But if, if he's set up two and scored one, then I think you've got mm. to half accept it. And Martin, what about this weekend then? Because um, I'm sure even the most optimistic Hamilton fans would would accept that this is a, a game where, where Rangers are, are very much favourites. Would you just expect some sort of, of bounce-back reaction? No disrespect to Hamilton. Uh, sorry, I, no disrespect to Hamilton, but I reckon Rangers will see this as a kind of... I think they'll steamroll over Hamilton. I think Stephen is going to have them fired up. They're going to want to repay the fans for a lackluster performance last night. And I... See Rangers coming away potentially four or five nil winners of the weekend. I think they can compartmentalise themselves, Rangers, uh, as they did last weekend. Celtic slipped up at Easter Road. Nobody saw it coming. Uh, the referee of the game has uh, subsequently been left out of all games this weekend because of the poor nature of his performance. However, nobody saw Celtic one, Hibs one on the horizon, and Rangers picked up from there and took five off Aberdeen. Uh, and I think they will compartmentalise insofar as they'll respond to whatever Celtic do at lunchtime at Livingston on Sunday. Rangers will come out of the traps. And, well, here, Brian Rice are the ones you'd be longing for. I don't think Hamilton have got an earthly. <laughs> uh, Martin and Falkirk, thank you very much for the call. 01419511025. Um, Scottish Port is having a good go at the teaser. So is Adam Dalrymple. Hugh Moan's a little bit out I think with some of the the time frame John Johnson's given it a go So tonight's question is Before Brown and Tavernier Name the previous five captains for Celtic And for Rangers You're, You've got half You've got Lee Wallace and Davy Weir You've got Stephen McManus, Neil Lennon, Paul Lambert I'll take one more guess each Jackie McNamara Yes 
Beatrice anymore? Uh, Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd, okay. You've got three to get, we'll get them next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Chris Commons and Hugh Keevens are here. They are going about the full time teaser with. I would say relative ease So far uh, So tonight's question And by the way If you want to hear your question used It's fulltime at Clyde1.com Tonight says Before Brown and Tavernier Name the previous five captains for Celtic And the previous five for Rangers So they've got all the Celtic ones They've got McManus, Lennon McNamara, Lambert, Boyd They've got two Rangers so far Lee Wallace and Davy Weir What else have you got? Go on Chris uh, We have Lee McCulloch Yep Barry Ferguson? No oh. Okay, two to get You've got about ten minutes to get them uh, Hugh, just quickly bring us up to speed on Alloa Dundee United just before half time Well, I mean, for me Alloa could be at least three goals in front They've had a terrific first half Dundee United have toiled Lauren Shanklin did have one attempt at goal Again, from my perspective I thought he was due a penalty Because I, I, the ball did hit a hand uh, but the, the referee Greg Aitken Not interested But 42 minutes in They are comfortably 1-0 in front And Robbie Nielsen Has a bit of thinking to do Yes 1-0 to Alloa Just before the break Let's take another call From Alec in Somerson Hi Alec yeah, Hi yeah. Hi Alec what did, what did you make of last night then What's What's been the, the one thing That's pleased you the most In the last day or so Oh I just seem to I love the way Celtic are playing at the moment I think I think Lennon's getting the best out of them. I think he's he's managed to get his settled team organised, and I think he's created a brilliant team spirit as well, which you can see when when anybody scores a goal, you can see the rest of the players all going to congratulate each other. Uh, they all seem to be delighted for the, the goal scorer. I just think there's a there's a superb strength and depth as well in the squad for yeah. like the club. That's a good point, Alec. Just on that, just because you mentioned the goal scorer, let's hear from Mohamed El Yunusi and I'll get your, your thoughts on him afterwards. I feel like I'm getting better and better every game. Uh, I get to know the players even more and more. So, uh, And uh, I can express myself much more here. The manager uh, demands it from me to, to be free to express myself. Uh, I think uh, all the uh, offensive players did it today. Uh, I think we were brilliant. There's a lot of competition in your area of the pitch. How do you feel about that that level of competition to get in the team? I think it's good. We keep uh, each other on the toes, you know, and keep pushing each other. I think that's good. It's good for the for the for all the players for the squad. You see the players we have on the bench as well, amazing players. So uh, and there's going to be a lot of games, so we have to uh, rotate. Uh, we have game already in a couple of days, uh, so we're looking forward to that. And how much belief is there that you can qualify from this group after two games? I believe in the in the manager and the stuff you have around us. I believe in the squad we have, amazing squad. So um, if we maintain this level we we have at the moment, I think we can go far. Who were the standouts last night, Al- Alec? Was he one of them? Anyone else catch your eye? Uh, I thought Ben Julian was really good at the back. Uh, he looked assured. I think he could have uh, scored a couple of goals, but uh, but don't want to be too critical of the big man. <laughs> uh, who else is good? All round they were great, but. Uh, I thought Christie was excellent Brown as usual Just lost the mis- midfield And uh, McGregor McGregor was brilliant again He's, He looks back to his best as well For me there's a fascinating contrast Coming up on Sunday 
Last night you had 55,000 people A magnificent atmosphere A terrific pitch The ball being zipped around by the Celtic players On Sunday you're going to a tiny stadium in Livingston A rubbish pitch And a 12 noon kickoff. Uh, hardly ideal However Celtic having dropped two points at Easter Road Will not want to leave anything behind in Livingston uh, so they'll have to go over all of those factors And uh, Neil Lennon's team selection will be interesting To see how many get left out Who were playing last night But there is a, a responsibility Celtic dropped two points at Easter Road They can't drop any more on Sunday Tapping into your specific area of expertise Chris That sort of number 10 role for Celtic What have you made of the way that's evolved even from, from last season Because Tom Rogic was, was probably the main man there For the way you know, he sort of takes the ball in the turn And they can get shots away and, and, and find teammates Ryan Christie seems to do the same job But maybe with a bit more energy and a, a bit, He's bit got more. a little bit more intensity Certainly yeah I think Tom Rogic when he is fully fit and in full flow Is a joy to watch He glides across the pitch He can take it on the left and right He's a big presence in that you know that uh, number 10 role He can shoot from range Which I, I enjoy from a number 10 um, He can see a pass I think he's got good link up play but Ryan Christie just gives you that extra bit of energy, I would say, without the ball. That instant, I want the hung, you know, the hunger, I want the ball back, I want to get in another good position. I like the way he plays. You know, he, he gets you excited, he, you know, he puts you on the edge of your seat. And I think when you've got players like that in and around him, it then gets the supporters in that same frame of mind and it does bring a good atmosphere. Um, you know, I've seen him in the last couple of games, you know, it does do that intensity. But I, th- I agree with you, it's going to be a completely mm. different game A completely different team Heading out for the uh, Livingston match His loan spells are, are now playing with my mind I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much you and Ryan Christie Would have overlapped At Celtic I mean, it certainly it took him a while to become this, this mainstay then what, what have you made of, of that journey Compared yeah. to the, 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 the guy that you would have seen at the beginning? You know what, funny enough is uh, His father came in to one of his first training sessions at Lennox Town and he pulled me to the side and he said, just keep an eye on him. You know, he says, I like the way that you play. You're left-footed. You both play in the similar sort of positions. He says, I'd like to give, you know, an heads up. If you can take anything from your game or if any sort of knowledge, then he'd he'd appreciate that. And that was coming from his dad, which I found quite, you know, I took back a bit. I'm quite interested in that. But he's a guy that is terrific around the training ground. Uh, He's got a huge, huge appetite for work ethic. He's got a mentality that he always wants to improve. He wants to get better. I think the way that he plays rubs off onto the people around him. Um, and he will only get better. I think the the longer he stays in the team, um, you'll start seeing a better player. He's now making an impact on the international stage. So if he can stay away from... Because he has had a few unfortunate injuries. If he can stay injury-free this season, without a question, he will be a contender for player yeah, of the year. We've had this debate about Sham and Christie. And do you lose Christie's effectiveness by shoehorning and sham into that position? I think that Neil Lennon will see Christie as his priority because he is not certain that Insham is in for the long haul at Celtic. If Insham gets the offer to go abroad, I think he would take it. Celtic might take it as well. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think Neil Lennon sees Ryan Christie as the number one priority, not Olivier Insham. Alec and Summerson, good man, you can round us off nicely uh, for tonight So thanks for that, that was the final call 01419511025 If you're writing it down for tomorrow uh, Alloa coming very close to scoring again uh, It must be said Let's that's round a, off That's a replay 
Uh, <laughs> but the shot before that though That's you uh, Equaliser for Russell Latipe there <laughs> uh, Yeah exactly The Irishman Don't think you're living that one down anytime soon I thought um, you said Carl Lafferty uh, Before Brown and Tavernier Named the previous five captains for Celtic And the previous five captains for Rangers On the teaser You've only got Two to get Two Rangers captains You've got all the rest You've got Wallace and McCulloch You've got Weir You've got McManus Lambert Boyd Lennon McNamara said him You've got two Rangers ones to go Two Rangers ones In between Davy Weir And Lee McCulloch So Lee Wallace was the most recent Then Lee McCulloch Then you're missing two Then you've got Davy Weir Is it clue time? Uh huh What if I told you one of them was there at the moment? McGregor Oh Steve Davis Steve Davis Good answer Well done And the other one I knew would be the one that caught you out no offence, don't mean to brag, but I thought this would be last. He is from the US of A. Oh. Uh. You're going to need more than that, aren't you? Yeah, his initials are. <laughs> you want his initials, okay. His initials are CB. Carlos Bocanegra. Carlos Bocanegra. Thank you very much, Hugh Keevens, and to Chris Commons. Was that painless for you, Chris? Your first time? Super, yeah. Good. We'll hopefully have you back sometime. That was Chris and Hugh keeping you company tonight. Thanks for all your calls and tweets. We are back tomorrow at 2 o'clock, taking you through every kick of the ball across the country. And in the meantime, you can really get your weekend started. GBX Fridays are next. One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com.